Bob here again. I have a hot topic that the Lord has put on my heart to share with the church. The biblical concept of worshiping in spirit and truth. This podcast ministry has opened a door to bring this message to thousands. In this podcast, I will be explaining how the church is supposed to function as it rightly divides, literally rightly divides, the words spirit and truth. Now, I want everyone out there in podcast land to know that I do not believe that these topics and the information that I share in these podcasts are all the product of the mind of Bob. I know that a lot of biblical concepts that I learn come together in my mind as they walk and talk with the Lord. And how do I know that what I share is from the Lord? I know that because what I share lines up with scriptures. A side note, I've shared this before, but it's a, it's a good one to share. Brethren, there's a big difference between having some knowledge of scriptural truths and having a deep and organized rational knowledge of scriptures. A believer with partial or incomplete knowledge of scriptures who tries to teach beyond their basic knowledge and understanding of scriptures most times has just enough biblical knowledge to sound wise and righteous, especially when those around them have very little knowledge of scriptures. And yet that same wise believer, the one who only knows bits of biblical truth, sounds like a spiritual ignoramus compared to those believers who have a deep and organized rational knowledge of scriptures. So this is how the Holy Spirit works. If we choose to walk and talk with the Lord, the Holy Spirit will guide us in truth. And the more time we spend in the Word, the more time that the Holy Spirit can teach us the things of God's Word. However, with that said, there are a lot of secular truths out there that work hand in glove to verify biblical truth, like historical, archaeological, and scientific truths, which we learn without the Holy Spirit's help. Now, I do study a lot, but not just the Bible. Again, there's a lot of truthful stuff out there in the world to learn that the Holy Spirit is just not going to teach us. We need to teach ourselves those things if we want to learn them. Now, I have always enjoyed learning new truths. Learning is one way to keep our brains from rotting away. Whether it was historical or scientific or mathematical truths, I enjoy truth. And knowing the truth is the only way to know a lie. Now, the Lord has established gifted teachers in the church to help the sheep learn. Sadly, sheep are not normally the smartest animals in the world. However, even the ungifted in the church can learn God's biblical truths if they simply put some effort into studying the Bible. Hebrews chapter 5, verse 12 says, For by this time you ought to be teachers, but unfortunately we need to teach you all over again. Again, you will know if you are walking with the Spirit, if your spiritual brain is growing in the knowledge and application of biblical truth. You see, it is impossible to be truly walking with the Lord and to not grow up spiritually, even if it is only small steps. If you are growing in the Word, you will know, because you will see things in the Scriptures that you never saw before. You will understand things that you never understood before. And as you continue to grow, the Holy Spirit will reveal those truths that are hidden in the Scriptures that only the seeker of truth can find. Here's an example. Do you know that there are at least six baptisms in the Scriptures that have nothing to do with water or the Spirit? 
What I just said about growing in the Lord is a simple fact that God's people just need to wrap their heads around. If you are not learning and growing in the truths of God's word and then obeying the truths of God's word, you are not being led by the Spirit or you are allowing yourself to be taught biblical stuff by biblically stupid people. If you're not growing, you got the wrong people teaching you. It is just that simple. The Holy Spirit does not lead believers to walk in disobedience to God's truth. Now, it is possible to be sincerely wrong about something you once thought was true. God's people can have what they thought were biblical convictions, only to have the Holy Spirit show us differently. Now, obviously, the Holy Spirit did not lead us astray by initially teaching us an untruth. Our past wrong beliefs were beliefs we either taught ourselves or we accepted the bad teaching of a misinformed Bible teacher. The Holy Spirit always teaches truth. So having a teachable spirit will allow us to see our mistakes. And it is important to understand that the Holy Spirit does not direct believers to truth through their feelings. As I have shared on numerous occasions, thinking with our feelings instead of our brains is always going to lead us astray. And the silly idea that the Holy Spirit is going to whisper in our ears in the middle of the night, hey, do this or try this, if it is contrary to God's word is absurd. If you know your scriptures well, you know exactly what I'm talking about. How many times have you heard another believer share something that was absolute spiritual BS, claiming that they got their idea from the Lord? I spent hours and hours and hours with the Lord reading his word and talking to him throughout the day and into the night as I seek his wisdom and thoughts when preparing whatever it is that I consider to be a truth from the Lord. However, it was the word of God, coupled with me choosing to abide with Christ, which allowed the Holy Spirit to enlighten me of any new biblical truths. Brothers and sisters in Christ, if the Holy Spirit is the sole source of all truth, and if the Holy Spirit is the sole revealer of sound teachings, we would not need Bibles or Bible teachers or pastors or gifted men in the church. Just saying. Yes, all believers sometimes need help from the Holy Spirit. However, we too are responsible for using our God-created brains, i.e. ability to reason, to figure stuff out. Christ said, go learn what I just said to his followers. Scriptures say, be diligent studiers of the word. The Bible tells believers to meditate, i.e. sincerely and seriously focus your mind on the scriptures. Deuteronomy 5.1, Then Moses summoned all Israel and said to them, Hear, O Israel, the statutes and the ordinances which I am speaking today in your hearing, so that you may learn them and observe them carefully. I am genuinely afraid that many in the church have stopped learning God's truths and instead are learning what someone tells them is God's truth when it is not. There have been many times when I get some pretty amazing insight about God's word from the Holy Spirit in the middle of the night. And I'll get up at 3 a.m. and jot down what I just was taught. Yeah, I get it. The Bible is a spiritual book. However, it is also an historical book, littered with literal historical facts that were written with literal words that have literal meanings that take reasoning and logic to understand. As I have shared numerous times before, the Holy Spirit does not teach God's people things like grammar or Bible history, or even an understanding of the Hebrew or Greek languages. 
Where are all those supposed tongers when you need them? Any believer with more spiritual brains than a French fry knows that a major part of knowing the scriptures comes through good old hard studying. Any believer who tells you differently is a spiritual fool. So here are my two key verses for this podcast. John 4, 23-24. But an hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For such people the Father seeks to be his worshipers. God is spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. Now I'm going to focus on these two verses, specifically the words spirit and truth. Now, this is a little side note for Pastor T. The English word truth, as in must worship in spirit and truth, does not mean sincere in the Greek. The English word true, as in true worshipers, is the Greek word for sincere. Another very important word in these verses is the word must. Must means we have to, and not should or could or might. It means we must. This is how we must do it. We must worship him in spirit and truth. Not just in spirit, not just in truth. For more reasons than I care to discuss, many in the church have wandered away from the concept of balancing spirit and truth in their churches, in their teachings, even in their lives. And for what I believe are mainly emotional reasons, many of God's people have let those emotions override their logical ability to reason, i.e. to think straight, to think for themselves. There are all kinds of feel-good stuff going on in today's churches, whether it is about what music feels right or what lights feel right for the stage or what is the best church environment that best makes people feel comfortable when they come to our church. Now, I don't know about you, but I, I occasionally enjoy getting stuck with the word or have that word kind of slap me upside the head. I like to be convicted. I don't want to be pampered. I don't want to be babied at church. I want the Lord to touch my heart with his word. Let me establish an important concept right away. Anything that the New Testament writers wrote was direct New Testament revelation right from the Lord himself. So all those church instructions that are in the epistles are God's instructions, not Peter's or Paul's or John's. 1 Corinthians 14, 37 through 38. This is the Apostle Paul writing. He says, if anyone thinks he is a prophet or spiritual, let him recognize that the things which I, Paul, write to you are the Lord's commandments. If anyone does not recognize this, he is not recognized. So let me set the record straight. The church instructions in the New Testament church epistles are no different than any commandment that the Lord ever handed down to Moses or Abraham or Joshua or Daniel. And to ignore them is sin. So the instructions for the church in the church epistles are, thus says the Lord, whether you like it or not. If for some moronic reason you do not agree with what I just said, you might as well turn this podcast off right now. You see, it feels all nice and comfy to be in a fellowship where the believers are just loving on each other each Sunday, kissy-kissy, huggy-huggy, and sharing songs and sharing food, but not sharing truth. The Apostle Paul said to the believers in Galatia, Have I become your enemy by telling you the truth? You see, it's the truth that upsets most people, saved or otherwise. Remember, must worship in spirit and truth. That type of warm, mushy spiritual atmosphere we find in most churches these days may feel like a righteous, healthy church, 
but it is not if that is all the church is offering the Lord. Remember, must worship in spirit and truth. Now, again, there's nothing wrong with the kissy-huggy, loving-on-each-other-style church. But again, if there is no truth or just tiny little bits of biblical truth taught once in a while, or worse yet, if you are in a church that is ignoring sound doctrine in order to do what feels right, you are not in a church that is worshiping in spirit and truth. I know of churches who choose to not have designated church leaders running their churches. The people in these churches say that they are just going to let the Spirit lead them. Now that sounds all pious and spiritual, but it is not worshiping in spirit and truth. I say, if it is the Spirit of God really leading these people, then the Holy Spirit would lead these people right to those church epistles which lists God's ordained requirements for running a church. I get it. That type of warm, cushy, hippie love kind of fellowship feels a lot better than being in a church where you hear this. Thus says the Lord, this is the holy and just Lord of the scriptures. You need to do as I command or else. Back to my key verses. John four twenty three to 24. But an hour is coming and always when the true worshipers will worship the Lord and spirit and truth. For such people the Father seeks to be his worshipers. God is spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. I think too many believers have hindered their ability to grow up spiritually because they're expecting every single spiritual thing that they're ever going to learn about God to come through some mystical visit from the Holy Spirit. If you believe that, wow, have you been duped. Brethren, the Holy Spirit does not work that way. Much of God's truths are learned through studying your Bible. 2 Timothy 2.15, Be diligent to present yourself approved to God as a workman, who does not need to be ashamed, accurately handling the word of truth. Being diligent means takes a little bit of effort. Being a workman, wait for it, takes work. Come on, brethren. As I've already told you, the Holy Spirit does not teach anyone grammar, history, science, or Greek or Hebrew, or how to cook, or how to swim, or how to drive a car, or what foods to eat, or how to use a computer, or how to fly a plane, or I think you get my point. There are a lot of unsaved people who learned how to do those things without the help of the Holy Spirit. I also think way too many believers foolishly believe that it is the Holy Spirit talking to them every time a spiritual thought pops into their brain. Sadly, if I had written down all the absolutely ridiculous stuff that I have heard over the years coming out of the mouths of believers who genuinely thought they were speaking a word from the Lord, it would fill a book. It must just break God's heart to hear so many of his children babbling spiritual stuff in his name that has nothing to do with biblical truth. So just what do you think the job of the Holy Spirit is? To make you all warm and tingly inside? To interpret your wacky dreams? Maybe you think it's the Holy Spirit's job to decide whether you should buy a Chevy or a Ford. Brethren, the job of the Holy Spirit in the church age is to guide and teach us in biblical truth. The Holy Spirit is not called to be a healer. He's not called to be a prophet. The Holy Spirit is not someone we pray to, although he can't help us pray. In fact, the scriptures never tell believers to ask the Holy Spirit for anything. The scriptures promise us that if we desire to walk righteously according to God's word, the Holy Spirit will be there to guide and enlighten us. 
The Holy Spirit only functions in our lives if we are sincere about walking in truth. Oh, I know there are a lot of believers out there who think that it is the Spirit leading them or guiding them. However, the Spirit of God will never, ever guide or direct any believers to do things that are contrary to God's commandments. John 15, 26, When the Helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, that is the Spirit of truth. The Holy Spirit, called our Helper, is the revealer of biblical truth and not the revealer of dreams or schemes. It is not the Holy Spirit's job to place warm, mushy feelings inside God's people. Sorry. Let me show you some similar verses about the Holy Spirit. John 14, 17. That is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive. Here's another one. John 16, 13. But when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you in all truth. Now the verses I just read are referring to biblical truth and not what we wish was truth or what we thought was truth. The Bible says it is God's word that the Holy Spirit will guide us through. Are you seeing the emphasis on the word truth in these verses about the Spirit? So listen carefully to what I share with you next. Do you hear anything in these verses where Christ is speaking that makes you feel all warm and cuddly and tingly inside? Christ said, Do not think that I came to bring peace on the earth. I did not come to bring peace but a sword. For I came to set a man against his father and a daughter against her mother and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a man's enemies will be the members of his own household. How about this lesson from Christ? Christ said, who are my brothers and sisters? It is those believers who do the will of my father. Now I'm going to go really slow here so everyone can understand what I'm going to share next. Brethren, what is the absolutely only sure proof way to know if it is the Spirit of the Lord leading us and not the Spirit of the world. Come on, stick with me here. I guess I'll rephrase the question. If something in your brain whispers to you in the middle of the night and says, Bob, I want you to go on top of that skyscraper and jump off because if you really trust me, you know that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Now, who do you think is talking to you like that? Hopefully, you would identify a thought like that as either a foolish fleshly thought or as a demonic thought. And yet many in the church are ignoring God's instructions for the church in the Bible and are instead listening to some strange voice in their heads thinking it is the Holy Spirit. Again, how can you know for sure if it is the Holy Spirit talking to you? He is the spirit of truth. He will not lie. So if what you were told is not biblical, it is not the Holy Spirit speaking to you. Here's an example. There was a man in the church I recently was at who stood up during the worship time and speaking in a microphone, he told the congregation that the Lord told him that he needed to stop trying to please the Lord. But the guy didn't stop there. And then this ignorant man said that the Lord wanted him to pray that all the believers in the church would stop trying to please the Lord. That, my friends, is not a word from the Lord of the scriptures. What that guy said is moronic. And yet, I wonder how many believers agree with him. I know one of the pastors did because he amened what this fool said. I am awestruck at the number of believers who just do not know their scriptures. I am also awestruck at the number of believers who do not really seem to be concerned about learning the truths of God's word. And I'm doubly awestruck by the number of pastors who avoid teaching the sound doctrines of the church epistles. Quite often I hear this idiotic statement coming from the pulpit. 
It is not as important to know God's word as it is to know God. Brethren, you do understand the more you know God's word, the more you will know God. Christ said in the scriptures, you cannot abide with me unless you obey my word. Come a little closer to the speaker. I want to whisper this in your ear. When Christ says, my word, he means the Bible. And brethren, you cannot obey what you do not know. I promise you with all my heart that you can spend the whole day or the whole week or even a whole year with your hand simply resting on top of your Bible. And the truths of God's word are not going to travel from the Bible through your hand, up your arm, through your shoulder, and into your brain. If you do not believe me, try it. I double dare you. Brethren, this is not how the Father, the Son, or the Spirit get the truths of God into our brains. I hear all these pastors from the pulpit telling the sheep that they believe it is the Holy Spirit leading them. And yet, why is it I never hear these supposedly Spirit-led men ever teaching the clear-cut doctrines of the church commandments? Mr. Pastor, it is your job to equip the sheep to do the things that please the Father. And a lot of those God-pleasing verses are found in the church epistles. Sadly, I know that many shepherds these days do not have the spiritual stones to teach what the Lord has decreed for the church. Those church epistles deal with modesty, church leadership requirements and qualifications, dealing with carnal believers, giving, gifts for the people in the church, a woman's role in the church, man's role in the church, what the responsibility is to believer at home, there's lots and lots and lots of church instructions in those church epistles that are no longer being taught from most pulpits. Shame on you, Mr. Pastor. P.S. God has ordained that men, not women, be leaders in his church. Just saying. I believe that many church leaders simply refuse to teach with authority these church epistles because they know they would be ridiculed or mocked for being old-fashioned or out of touch. The snowflake believers would leave. Oh, well, let them go. Shepherds with no bark, just like useless junkyard dogs. P.S. If you have a shepherd who genuinely strives to stay true to God's word, then you are blessed. Because these kinds of shepherds are rare. The scriptures say, many shepherds have ruined my vineyard. They have trampled down my field. They have taken my pleasant field and turned it into a desolate wilderness. Remember, the Holy Spirit is a guider of truth. He never lies. So, if you have a shepherd who is avoiding teaching truth, they are not led of the Spirit, regardless of how pious they sound. Pious-sounding untruths are simply religious gibberish. Sadly, many believers in the church blindly follow clearly unbiblical teachings because they like what they are hearing. It tickles their ears. 2 Corinthians 11, 3-4, But I am afraid that as serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, your minds will be led astray from the simplicity and purity of devotion to Christ. For if one comes and preaches another, he, Jesus, whom we have not preached, or you receive a different spirit, or receive a different spirit. Are you catching that? Are you aware, brethren, that there are false spirits roaming about in the church? First John 4, 1. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. And how would you test the Spirit? Simple question, brethren. Since the Spirit of God is a revealer of truth, if anyone is teaching you to obey something that is not biblical, you are listening to the wrong Spirit. Revelation 2, 1 through 2. 
to the angel of the church of Ephesus, say this, I know your deeds and your toil and your perseverance, and that you cannot tolerate evil men, and you put to test those who call themselves apostles, and they are not, and you found them to be false. This was going on in a church, brethren. So you're telling me that you're in a fellowship where the Spirit is giving the people in charge direct revelation. Now, I doubt that, but if they say they are, ask them for a clear, distinct, prophetic future word that can be verified when it comes to pass. Now, I'm not looking for something vague and shadowy. I want times and dates. You think that you have people talking directly to the Spirit? Ask him for a sign that he is there. The Bible says, test the spirits. You would not be in sin to ask the Spirit such a thing. I think you already know what's going to happen. Nothing. If you are a feely-only believer, you are not going to do what I ask because you already know that nothing is going to happen. I personally believe that many of you are happy being in a bubbly, feely church that is all spirit with little or no truth. So let me ask you a question. Why is it when you hear a voice in the middle of night, do you automatically think it's a voice from the Lord? Again, 1 John 4, 1, test the spirits. I will tell you how you will know if it is the Spirit of God talking to you or if it is instead your flesh or the Spirit of this world. John 16, 3 again. But when he comes, the Spirit of truth, he will guide you in all truth. And what is the truth? God's word is the truth, the Bible says. Do you honestly think that the Spirit of God is going to lead you down a path of disobedience contrary to God's word? Come on, man. If the voices you are hearing in the middle of the night are not teaching you truth, biblical truth, you are listening to the wrong spirit. I'm simply amazed by the amount of spiritual gibberish that has passed off as a word from the Lord these days. Colossians 2.18, let no one keep defrauding you of your prize by delighting in self-abasement and the worship of the angels, taking his stand on visions he has seen, inflated without cause by his fleshly mind. Our minds can play tricks with us. I do not care if you are hearing from your dead grandma in the middle of the night. If she is telling you to avoid obeying God's word, ignore her. I just said that sarcastically. Grandmas don't do that. It also amazes me how many of God's children hang on to a belief without having one ounce of biblical proof that verifies that what they believe is biblically true. The Spirit of God always speaks truth. There is no mixed spiritual messages from the Spirit. There are no multiple choice options on God's truths. Brethren, If there are differing views on a topic, someone has to be wrong. We cannot all be right. I am pretty confident on what I believe to be biblical. John 17, 17, sanctify them in truth. Your word is truth. The Spirit of God is never going to tell anyone that it is okay to disobey God's church commandments and do what feels right in their own eyes. Never. 3 John 1, 3, for I was very glad when brethren came and testified to your truth. That is how you are walking in the truth. Now, if you are striving to walk, i.e. abide with the Lord, the Spirit will direct your ways. However, this will only happen if you are striving to abide with Christ in accordance with God's word. The Bible says the way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man is he who listens to counsel. You see, there are lots and lots of believers who feel like they are abiding with Christ, and yet they do not study and know their scriptures. So how in the world are you ever going to know if it is the Spirit guiding or leading you in truth if you don't know your scriptures? We all know that there's some real wacko Christian churches out there practicing some real wacko stuff in the name of the Lord. 
And only knowing the truth of God's word can set you free from these spiritual fools. Many believers only think that they are abiding with the Lord because they are basing their abiding on their feelings and not on the biblical truths of God's word. John 15.10 says, If you keep my commandments, then you will abide in my love. I know a Christian couple who were coming to church for years. They would show up and sing worship songs and swing their arms and praise the Lord and amen the teachings. And we found out they were living together for years. They avoided getting married for financial reasons. You see, these fornicators knew that what they were doing was sinful, but their feelings told them that all that mattered to God was that they had these warm, mushy, loving feelings for the Lord. They were wrong. They were not worshiping in truth, regardless of how spiritual they felt. So why is this couple any different from those believers who choose to ignore God's church instructions and run their church in a way that seems right in their own eyes? Those who run their churches this way are no different than those two people who are living in sin who came to sincerely worship the Lord. 2 Thessalonians 2.13 But we should always give thanks to God for you, brethren, beloved of the Lord, because God has chosen you from the beginning for salvation through sanctification by the Spirit and faith and truth. Brethren, even as a brand new believer in Christ, the Spirit can only help you understand the truthful things of God if you are studying your scriptures. But you say, what I'm doing just feels so right. How can it be wrong? It feels so good. Do not think for one moment that you are not capable of being misled or deceived or wander away from sound doctrine. Being sincere does not make you right. There are a lot of teachers in the churches who are sincerely wrong. 2 Timothy 3, 12-13 Indeed, all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. But evil men and apostles will proceed from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. What I just read happens all the time in the churches. And it happens because people don't know their scriptures. Remember Christ's warning to the church of Sardis? You have a name on the building that says you are spiritually alive. But unfortunately, you are dead. Ouch. Those are Christ's words. The scriptures say, Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who substitute darkness for light and light for darkness, who substitute bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Woe to those who are wise in their own eyes and clever in their own sight. Let me give you another example of how feelings sidetrack God's people from being obedient to his word. There are numerous churches out there in Christendom that have taken upon themselves to ignore, yes, ignore, God's direct commandments for how a church should be run. And instead, they choose to do what seems right or feels right in their own eyes, and they think it is the Holy Spirit leading them to do this. When you choose to disobey God's word to do what seems right in your own eyes, you are not worshiping in truth, no matter how warm and friendly your church is. Brethren, we all need to understand that the Lord has set up his church with gifted shepherds and gifted teachers and gifted evangelists. So if you are running a church like this and are not designating male leaders in your church, you are disobeying God's word and you are in sin. The Apostle Paul, inspired by the Lord, was told to establish elders, overseers, deacons, and deaconesses in the churches. These positions were established by the Lord to keep law and order in the churches. So if you choose to not have elders or deacons in your church, You are disobeying God's word, which means you are in sin. And I'm going to add an important note here. God said only men can be leaders of a church. Women pastors functioning as church leaders for the flock 
are disobeying God's word. I do not care if I offended you. Get over yourself and get back to the obedience of God's word. If you are or have women running a church, i.e. teaching with authority as a shepherd or teaching with authority over the men, you are disobeying the Lord. You are sinning. In the church epistles, the Lord also established qualifications for church leaders. You just can't pick any old smaller schmuck that you want. If you ignore these commandments, you are in sin. The Lord established church laws for dealing with carnal believers. If you ignore those laws, you are in sin. I can go on and on and on with God's established church guidelines written into church epistles. Those are God's commandments. And to ignore them is to sin. First Corinthians again, Paul says, If anyone thinks he is a prophet or spiritual, let him recognize that the things that I, Paul, write to you are the Lord's commandments. But if anyone does not recognize what I said, he is not recognized. Come on, brethren. This is not rocket science stuff. The Lord did not give his church all those instructions, hoping that believers would ignore them. But sadly, there are a lot of churches out there in Christendom who have chosen to just simply ignore the church instructions, who foolishly think that they are led by the Spirit when they do so. Those apostles received those church instructions right from God himself. The Spirit is not leading these people. It is sin to disobey God's commandments. Here's some great verses. 3 John 1.4, I have no greater love than this, the hear of my children walking in the truth. Ephesians 4.15, but speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in all aspects to him. 1 John 3.18, little children, let us not love with word or tongue, but in deed and truth. Again, the church instructions listed in the epistles are God's commandments. Christ said, why do you call me Lord and not do as I say? Here is a very, very important truth. God is never blessed or pleased when he sees his people ignore his directions in the scriptures in order to do what seems right or feels right in their own eyes. Matthew 5.19, whoever then annuls one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven. Unless you are a brand new believer who has limited knowledge of God's word, there are only two reasons to ignore doing as God says in his word. Number one, spiritual apathy i.e. biblical ignorance based on spiritual laziness or based on a lack of concern to obey God's truth. Number two, rebelliousness. There is no such thing as a pleasing, disobedient child of God. God bless you if you are faithful. Stay in the word. It is the only way to know which spirit is leading and guiding you. Your friend in Christ, Brother Bob. Again, you can get a hold of me at brobobforhim at gmail.com. That's brobob for him at gmail.com. Thank you.